0: Welcome to C-Suite Radio.
1: Brad Allen here. Thanks everybody for watching and listening and being a part of today's conversation. We're chatting season two of Jenny and Georgia. We're chatting with one of the stars, Mason Temple. You're back. You're in action. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, congratulations on another season. This has just kicked off with a bang. How does it feel to have the show back and for fans to be able to watch and to, to just be a part of such a very special project?
0: Um it is it is wild. It feels simultaneously like it has not been a single second since season 1 ended and it also feels like it's been a millennia. Um yeah, that's that's, that's the best way I could describe it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It feels like it's been a while, but yet like not that much time has really completely passed uh since you all took your last break. So mm-hmm what's going on what can people expect uh from you from your character from storylines that you obviously can share we don't want to spoil uh and uh what there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here for sure
0: yeah i mean like what can i say without spoiling anything um well where we leave off hunter is where we pick up with hunter he is sad (laughs) and uh that i think that's all i can really say
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's, that's like saying a lot to be honest. So yeah, uh, we're, we're good with that. We'll take what we can get. So I'm very curious how, I mean, outside of like the traditional channels, you know, of an audition or getting an email from an agent or whatever, what was it that really kind of interested you in this project and sort of attracted you to it?
0: Uh, I mean, that they were hiring me <laughs> you know um out of all the auditions that I get I mean I like I, you know it's the first big project I ever really booked so um I, I pretty much auditioned for everything that came across my table um so maybe I can like reframe the question um What I really appreciate about the project in Hunter is just, um, you know, I got to bring a lot of, I guess, myself in that the character is a a mixed, um, mixed person, you know, I didn't, I don't have to like, it's weird because like at at the time when I originally booked the character of Hunter, um, there wasn't a lot, the industry was different Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic, it was 2019. Um, Things were still opening up for mixed race people and, and, you know, BIPOC roles, but it was still like that, that recently it was already like still a, a different industry. And, you know, I had been, I had been called back for like roles that weren't really like, like there was one role, I won't say what it was for but it was like an indigenous role and I had to call back for that. And, you know, I told my, my, my team at the time, like, I, I can't do that. Like if I book that, like, I can't, I can't play an indigenous character and they're not going to rewrite it or else it wouldn't be an indigenous character. Hmm. Like there's a very specific choice there. And that's, it's kind of like really messed up that like, that's the character that I get to audition for, as opposed to say one of the white characters. Cause like, I'm half white, right? Like, um, but I'm 0% indigenous. So it was a different era. Um, but with Hunter, like he was always Asian at the very least. Um, and when I booked him, you know, instead of like trying to just make me Asian, uh, I just got to be who I am half Asian. So that's like a huge thing. I'm really grateful for with Hunter. Um, and yeah. Yeah. That's how I'd, I'd answer that, I suppose. Um, no, I, I just got I to be authentic.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think that I think is the most important part of just in life general, or especially in this industry is authenticity, right? Because that is a conversation that does come up a lot, you know, multiple, multiple times. And then the term groundbreaking gets thrown around and it's all this, just wild conversation and it's like, well, should we really have to call it groundbreaking? Because it should be just standard, if that makes any sense. So, no, I no, it does. Like, I appreciate like, it, your. It's, honesty. it's really,
0: it's really weird because, like, like Hunter, it, like it's weird for me to, it, it's both weird for me to think and say that Hunter's like a groundbreaking character, but when you take it in account, like how many mixed race specifically like half Asian half white characters there are like there were none for me growing up so like everything that Hunter does unfortunately um for better for worse is groundbreaking just because there's zero representation yeah um for people like me um now you know some people I don't know there's a lot of opinions about Hunter and uh, especially from season one so like you know maybe that's a good and bad thing I don't really know but I. I definitely though like like he's just like another um another person out there that uh or another character out there that's that's representative of the experience and and for that I am eternally grateful.
1: Well he's a fan favorite. I mean I don't know how you how much you pay attention to the blogs and all of the other uh, groups are I, I've
0: seen I've <laughs> seen some some stuff some pretty awful stuff out there but also some good stuff I saw a really funny tweet Um, and maybe this is like maybe this is uh, a- another thing that could play into like you know a non-spoiler thing for uh, um, for any of the listeners what was the tweet I like I screenshotted it because it was both like like, it was one of those mean tweets, but it was also kind of, like, funny to me. It says, like, while season two of Ginny and George is significantly better, I still like season one more because of how terrible and messy it was. Like, I kind of miss Hunter being more significant because he made the show insufferable, but <laughs> funny and cringe at the same time. And it was fun. Like, <laughs> it was, like, a mean tweet. It was someone that, like, hate watches the show, obviously. but
1: Yeah, clearly.
0: <laughs> like, okay, I guess there's nostalgia for for um ponytail and and you know hawaiian shirt tap dancing hunter because he was so hateable i guess like i, I don't know but yeah it's it's I, weird I there's it. a there's a diverse range of reactions to the character
1: yeah I, it makes sense because i we cover press for a lot of shows and yeah. we do a lot of the i don't know how familiar nbc one chicago type shows like pd Mm. and med and it's like split down the middle with characters and those are some of our biggest episodes because people are so obsessed with the show and they just have a love hate relationship with everybody uh but you know (laughs) at the end of the day my friend when you are a content creator or an artist that's just part of what comes along with it and it sounds like you do a really good job of just creating the best project and product that you can and being yeah. as authentic as you can with Hunter and then the people are just going to say what they have to say and that's all you can do right and that's a risk you take being an artist
0: I mean yeah I mean it's it's a character there are like some people that take it to like the extreme and like make it personal and attack me personally which is like I don't I don't really get that, I feel like they would like those are people though like obviously they got their own stuff they gotta deal with. they can't discern the difference between me as an actor and like <laughs> Hunter as a character, but I mean, like you don't have to like Hunter, it's a love triangle that he's in and all, so you're he's being pitted against other characters. You can choose the side of the other character, right, so yeah. that's like that's a valid opinion, um, and I don't know like I'm cool with that, yeah, um, well.
1: I mean you're there, you're on the show and they're not, right? So really that's what <laughs> yeah, I'm but like...
0: the people that make it personal, it's just like, I don't know, you know, I don't know who you are, but you know who I am. So yeah, you know. yeah.
1: Well being sort of front facing, not sort of, but being front facing, recognizable from the show. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> so again, you've you've done a lot of projects, this being a major one. What interested you in the business? Like, where did that bug bite you? Where you knew this was something that you wanted to do?
0: Um. Well, I uh, like okay. So, well, kind of a long story. Um, my mom was like a model and an actress in Taiwan. Okay. Um, and my dad was like just a white guy in Taiwan, but he also did like modeling and acting. Uh, he won like a singing competition. Uh and when I was like a little baby, they had me like doing modeling as well, like doing little catwalk stuff because uh like like doing doing like baby modeling um and I was on like talk shows and I guess I was an actor too because I was in commercials, okay, so I was kind of surrounded by that when I was like born uh until I was like three until we moved to Canada um and, like, we moved to, like, a small northeastern BC community called Fort St. John. So, you know, I was kind of taken totally away from that environment. But I still found the stage uh, when I was there. So it's always been, I guess, in the blood, in the system. Uh, I pretty quickly, after a few plays, like, knew that this is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I wanted to be an actor. Um Storyteller, an artist, you know. And when I graduated, I went straight to the acting program I wanted to get, I uh, wanted to do uh, in Vancouver, Studio Fifty Eight. And then right after that, um, got a got a manager, and just you know went plugging away at at roles. Did mainly theater for the first two years of being a professional actor until. I mean, I don't know if you know about the Vancouver housing crisis, but, like, it's really rough out here, uh, money-wise. So it became clear, like, I can't really sustain life, um, a career, just doing theater. So oh, I made I a full transition. Um, it was a very scary full transition because, like, you know, got to book something. And for yeah. two years, I hadn't booked really anything. But then, you know, the Audition for Virginia and Georgia um, came in. I didn't, like you know, It wasn't Ginny and Georgia before, it was Ginny and Georgia, right? It was just like another Netflix show. So, you know, I, I did my bit. Um, turns out they really liked my... Uh, I. So in my audition, I had to sing something. I chose Shallow because that was popular at the time. Um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Turns out that Deb from the show, that's like one of her favorite songs. Um, even to this day, like whenever we go out for karaoke... Deb is like, we're doing shallow. And I'm like, you, damn straight, we're doing shallow. <laughs> um, absolutely, you know. So, yeah, um, that caught their attention. And I guess my ponytail as well. I had, I had it up and I had it down. And I had it up for all the callbacks. Like, my callbacks mainly had to do with my hair. <laughs> kind of indicative enough. I had the ponytail at the time because I knew that they were casting for Avatar The Last Airbender at some point and you know I kind of wanted them to see me as like Sokka or Zuko I ended up never getting an audition for Sokka or Zuko but Hunter now has the it's not really a ponytail like it's meant to be Sokka's warriors wolf tail um, but then I mean it's just become its own thing at this point but um, yeah all that culminated into me eventually booking the role of hunter uh and the rest is history so, i love it
1: well we love you yeah. we love the show uh mason all the success you've had is very well deserved this is a fantastic project uh, season two is now available on netflix season one as well and all the other things uh mason thank you for your time it's been a pleasure chatting with you and meeting you today
0: thank you yeah.